afternoon everybody welcome to everybody's one of <laughs> welcome to everybody's favorite show i don't know saturday show besides marsh chronicles makes you think on the red pill project uh my name is vince taglevia, taglevia. i'm here with jim bob oval shorts my co-host what's up guys thank you for what's joining me dude good to see you as always uh tonight we're talking about mount shasta everybody this is the mountain the volcanic mountain in california it's shrouded in mystery bunch of crazy stuff and uh we'll get into that firstly let's just get the stuff out of the way we are live every saturday with this show makes you think on the red pills project every saturday 6 30 p.m pacific 8 30 p.m eastern obviously today we are running an hour later than typical so it is 9 30 p.m eastern time thank you all for joining us <coughs> i hope this fits into your schedules just perfect still Please make sure you hit those plus signs on Rumble if you're tuning in there. Subscribe wherever you are watching to help support us and get this content out there. We're going to have a really nice show Saturday with this show makes you think. On the Sorry about that. We're going to have a really nice show for you guys today. Uh, just a casual, nice little conspiracy, uh, mystery, spirituality, ancient, all the things. It gets it goes pretty deep and pretty wild. It's, it's awesome. So please subscribe. Hit those likes. Uh, if you're on Facebook, share it. You know. And uh, in the comments there, the live comments, we'll be watching them. Don't be too high to say shy or too shy to say hi over there. We love it. We'll monitor it. Uh, and thank you guys for all your support. Um, with that said, uh, Jim Bob, how, how have you been the past week? Everything oh man, I've, yeah, it's been it's been great. We've been over there doing our thing. We had some we had some interesting characters on uh, Unconstitutional Awakening this week. Went back talking about Matt, Mount Sasha. Uh, we had. We had a guy on there that apparently loves Mount Sasta and is going to be there in like the next weekend or two during some retreat and stuff and is going to be coming back to tell me about that next month. And he's, he's uh, Brad, Brad Olson. He's an interesting character. He's, oh, uh, we, we know Brad Olson. 
yeah 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 he's he's super he's super cool guy like i like having him on there because he's just he gets wild with it so he uh he was he was on my show monday of this past week and uh you know we've just been doing our thing we we're filming some episodes of my show today i was i was a guest somewhere else on the realities ours you guys should totally check those guys out they're wild who realities ours um, uh, wow. you can you can you can find their links on my website on constitutionalawakening.com under podcasts and more and uh dude we have an we have an area where we go when uh we call it ua and other places it's where you can find us as guest stars on other people's shows because people are totally inviting me to go talk about wild things i don't know why i guess people like me it's, it's pretty cool it started out with you guys and i i have like a i just got a soft spot spot to be here this is my favorite place to be saturday night hell yeah and we love to have you dude you're a you're a great part of the red pill family everybody go to unconstitutionalawakening.com and show some support for jim bob and his podcast and the other guys he works with over there they're doing great work they're putting out a lot of content and dude brad olson he's one of my favorite guests that we had on the red pill project on on friday night with joshua reed he is such a badass he's been to antarctica he's like an avid explorer and just curious guy with a lot of knowledge a lot of experience and just one of the coolest dudes out there i hope to meet him one day maybe i haven't met him but uh i, I uh helped produce all that stuff in the background oh, man, uh, next time next time he comes over to hang out with us you'll have to come over there and, and, and join join the next seat on the show with hey, us and dude i'm always down you know that hit me up yes yeah. <laughs> and he was he was fun he was telling us he actually got to talking about mount shasta this past week so i thought it would be good that you really know, into this week i already kind of turned up on the subject because what is up with that whenever we focus in on something it starts popping up everywhere it's like right. yeah right. it's weird and he, talk, he talks all the good stuff about it you know what i'm saying not just the not just the 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 like tangible facts you can grab onto but like the weird esoteric yeah. stuff that people are like no nah, that's yeah. make-believe but yeah hearing he was... it come from brad you're like no nah, man he's serious he knows what he's talking about like there, this dude this dude's great there dude, might so. be something to it you know that's why i love these types of conversations where people are like that's kooky conspiracy like i think people are starting to finally warm up to the fact that we are not we might not be alone in this universe and actually we're probably not and that you know spirituality is something really deeper than maybe a lot of people understand and that there are mysteries beyond what people typically are able to comprehend in their day-to-day life or that people acknowledge i think there's a lot there and there's a lot of truth to these weird stories and plus these stories are just darn entertaining holy smokes takes your mind off of all the the baloney out there right right it's kind of like it's good it's good to have a change of pace and talk about different things that's a it's another reason i like to come here because we're not you know we get we get kind of serious sometimes over there on my show but at the end of the day at heart i love talking about this good stuff because it gets the brain flowing gets the blood flowing and it gets you wondering and wanting to like stare at the stars and shit like that like it's just it's it's totally worth it i I think everybody should slow down and just enjoy these weird little things from time to time and you know let go of all the doom and gloom of everything else yes oh man we cover the news Monday through Friday, so or Monday through Thursday and Friday mornings. So the doom and gloom is like our we have our badge of honor where we're just ruthless and sharing the truth. So people are like, sure. the weekend is just an absolute treasure trove of 
uh, esotericism, mystery, conspiracy, spirituality, wow. and the topics that just happen. And comedy and funny stuff, right? We do uh, most a lot of comedy on our morning news show, the Friday Funnies, just to start lightening up and getting to the weekend because, man, times are tough. People are have had it up to here, and we need to take care of ourselves and enjoy ourselves. So that's what we do. Um, it's critical, man. So cool. So cool. Um, yeah, between the mysterious and the comedic, that gets me by. <laughs> Absolutely. For sure. Um, all right. So looks like everyone's filtered in. Let's get started. Uh, I'll give a couple shout-outs here first to start. Um, Tomahawk, Patriotic Pisces, Alabama Lady, RM, Nadine, thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, Steven, or Steph, sorry. Steph, hey, how you doing? Welcome. Thank you, thank you. Uh, Kathy, good to see you. Yeah, hopefully the rain. Hopefully the rain's gone and we get a little bit of real summer weather over here in the Pacific Northwest. We'll oh, see. Man. It's light, nice and gloomy here still, but oh man, dude, it's been. Uh, I think the the worst I've seen this week was 112 with like a 43 percent humidity. I know the rest of we're, most listeners are probably like. <laughs> we're well, like okay, I've been the only one. If you know, if you happen to follow me anywhere else, you'll see that I'm. I'm actually not complaining and I'm not even complaining now. I, I, I personally like the summer weather and like to enjoy the sun and being out in the water and stuff like that. But like, I, I like to bring up and point out a fact that we've yet to break any of the records from the 1936 Southeastern heat wave where it was like 115 plus for like 30 days straight. So like, and they did it without air conditioning. So t- toughen up, folks. We can we can get through this little bit of heat wave. People have been doing this since people have been doing this. So we'll get through it. I think so. That's a good point. Um, all right. Let's talk a little bit of Mount Shasta. So for those of you who aren't over here on the best coast, a.k.a. the West Coast. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, Mount Shasta is a mountain um in northern california it is a volcano and it's um up there with one of the highest peaks it's considered um well let me pull up this website because it breaks it down really real nice and i don't have to go off my memory so let's see let's do a little share action here so you could follow along always good to have (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so this is only in your state.com, Northern California, NorCal Mountain. Uh, the legends behind this Northern California mountain, mountain will keep you up at night. The scary stories of Northern California are a true trip, friends. Oh, do we have one for you? Have you heard of the stories around Mount Shasta? All right, so it's located in Siskiyou County. It is part of the Cascade Mountain Range. Here's a picture of it. Ooh, beautiful Cascade Mountain Range. Runs all the way up through... Uh, up the rest of the it runs up through Oregon and up through Washington I think. I mean I'll give you that that's one thing about the west coast that I do love y'all got some other, some pretty mountain ranges oh dude it's the best that's uh, the, yeah I, that's part of the reason why I love the state so much is the beauty of the nature here um, it's 14,179 4, feet above sea level and is an active volcano um, actually a couple years ago uh, actually, I don't remember what year. I think it was a couple years ago recently. It oh. erupted. Uh, not erupted, but it had... Um, 
it, it was leaking. <laughs> it, was, it erupted a little bit and started fires in Northern California near the base, a little ways from the summit. But it actually has several calderas or several locations that would be where it would erupt from. Wow. So it's a massive volcano. <clears throat> and I read different things. They say, oh, it erupts every 200 years. But then another thing said it hasn't erupted in like 600 or 700 years. So, sure. you know, so every it takes hundreds of years between its cycles at least. You know, so. Yeah, it is a strange one. Onward oh, here. Yeah, wild, wild, questionable things for sure. Like, it's just... Dude. Yeah, so Mount Shasta in Northern California is also the site of several mysterious and pretty creepy legends and stories, including Native American legends from the first people who settled this area. This is interesting. Uh, so here's an aerial picture. What a beautiful mountain. Wow. Yeah, there's some interesting things about this mountain that just are phenomenal. So let's keep going here. Uh, it's ancient. I think it's an ancient location. They even found some uh, hieroglyphs type things there. Ooh, yeah. That from, is good. That... Yeah. Uh, they were recorded. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I think that I skipped something here. Uh, so there's uh, the Native American legend goes something like this. So this was recorded in the 1800s, 1870s by Joaquin Miller. The Native American legends go something like this. Mount Shasta is inhabited by the spirit chief Skell, who descended from heaven by the mountains to the mountain's summit. Skell fought with spirit of the below world, Lao, who resided at Mount Mazama, by throwing hot rocks and lava, probably representing the volcanic eruptions at both mountains. Who knows, though? But that makes sense. So there was a war between these gods of the mountains, according to these ancient Native American legends. The founder of a small 1930s religious movement apparently met a saint on the slopes of Mount Shasta. Sound familiar? He went on to form the popular religion that still exists today, albeit a smaller scale religion. This is uh, St. Germain, right? Yes, yes. And we did a show on that last week, you guys just a whole topic in itself so if you want to go back and check that out apparently this guy may have been immortal and traveled the world huh still is he's still out there bro i think he's still out there he's still out there to this day some people say (laughs) um so and and it's interesting this kind of fits perfect with like it makes sense that he would be there after i started digging and learning all about mount shasta this guy mainly was in Europe the last few hundred years. He went to China, he went to Japan, and then kind of fell off the face of the earth. And then yep. for him to show up at this location, though, makes sense. Once you guys learn the stuff that people are saying about this mountain, it makes sense as to why he would be there. Oh, my gosh. It does. It's exciting. According it to Guy Ballard, who is the man who claimed to have met the Count of St. Germain, while hiking on Mount Shasta, he encountered uh, the con- the Count of St. Germain, and St. Germain is said to have started Ballard on a path discovering the teachings that would be that would become the I Am Activity Religious Movement, which uh, had over a million members at a time, and they still are active till this day. While both of these tales might seem a little kooky to those of us just hearing them for the first time, they pale in comparison to the story of the city beneath the mountain. 
the uh, Lemurians. Uh, a tamer version of this tale involves a wayward prospector in the early 1900s. I have a more current version of somebody who claims to have seen this as well from the last few years that we'll go through in, in depth in a minute. But this is um, an interesting story that a lot of this is probably the most mainstream common story. Are you familiar? I believe I might be, but let's 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 hear. So, according to a legend, a British prospector named J.C. Brown discovered a lost underground city beneath Mount Shasta in 1904. He had been hired by the Lord Caudry Mining Company of England to prospect for gold and discovered a cave which sloped downward for 11 miles. Holy crap. So he followed this cave for 11 miles into this mountain. Could you imagine that? Um, he also reported seeing mysterious... 10 foot tall beings or at least one 30 years later he told his story to John C. Root who proceeded to gather an exploration team with Stockton uh, in Stockton California so he got 80 people to join the team but on the day the team was set out Brown did not show up and he was never heard from again so they were going to plan this huge search of this location and figure this stuff out and he never showed up mysteriously people are like they killed him, bro. The, the Lemurians killed him because they say that this is who lives in this underground city. And we'll read more about it. It gets deep. Yes, it goes deep. But there's conspiracy shrouded in it because they never made that um, exhibition or whatever. Yep. Um, coincidentally, this was not the only legend of an underground city below Mount Shasta or the creepiest part. I've got some creepy stories, too, of just weird stuff because... These forests, these mountains, I guess, uh, you know, you've got Bigfoot, you've got aliens, you've got portals. Um, but these forests are no joke. And weird stuff happens in the forests all over the world. You know, just, just with the Bigfoot encounters or just weird people, feral people, things like that. I mean, you have all these stories that are just absolutely uh riveting right like i don't nowadays i don't even know i don't i wouldn't know which feral people to be more frightened of the feral people over there on the west coast or the appalachian feral people dude i was reading i've been i've been digging into feral people i love those stories so cool i do too who knows <laughs> i might become a feral person one day <laughs> we all might <laughs> all right sorry it's, it's saturday let's lighten up <laughs> Um. <laughs> Come on, we can all run around like uh like like Donnie from the Wild Thorn Thornberries and just scream gibberish in our loincloths. <laughs> I love you, Fantastic. You knew you knew a reference. Hooray. Yes. Oh, I'm excited. Points. <laughs> Alright. Like, mark one for Vince. <laughs> That's a first. Um This is a great article, by the way. Um, great article. So, a writer named Frederick Spencer Oliver published a book called A Dweller on Two Planets in 1899. Uh, the book claimed that survivors from a sunken continent called Lemuria were living on, in or on Mount Shasta. These people, called Lemurians, lived in a complicated network of tunnels beneath the mountain and occasionally were seen walking on the surface dressed in white robes. And we are, we're going to talk about this more later. Um, these seemingly far-fetched tales that may or may not be true, 
But that doesn't, they may or may not be true, but that doesn't change the fact that people have been enamored with Mount Shasta as long as they have known of its existence. Beautiful. The natives also said that above the tree line on this mountain was designated to the sky people. So you didn't go up there. It was for the gods. It was for the sky people. Interestingly enough. Wow. Um, who would have thought that one of the most creepy places in Northern California is also one of the most naturally stunning? Did you know all of these legends about Northern California? How many of these stories have you heard before? We're willing to bet some are new, but drop us a note on Facebook. Okay, thank you. Um, thank you. This beautiful website did a great job there. Another interesting thing about this mountain is um, the cloud formations. It has its own climate it affects it's so large it affects the weather around it and it gets these lenticular clouds around the summits and they look that looks that looks very hard darpa yeah they look like this and these clouds form above the peak sometimes for days and of course this has conspiracy theorists just saying like well get the mouth like i am right now yeah they form because the ufos hide within them that's why you know they say this that the ufos hide within them or that this is some kind of alien weather modification um but this is a common occurrence above the mountains come on That begs the question. It looks like it looks like some of the it looks like some of the it it seriously looks like some of the technology i was sharing and my recent special like that makes clouds make those formations and stuff and that's that's wild look at that that's just that's like a mountain on top of the mountain well you know with chemtrails and whatnot i mean i'm sure you've dug into that i know for sure you have they say i heard that in the mainstream media they're trying i think on one of the news agencies you know they put out great content about it they're talking about it but they're saying it's a new classification of cloud that's natural called a roll cloud it's like, bro, that that's a chemtrail. <laughs> they call it they call it, cl- they call it cloud seeding, and I'm just like, yeah. No, they, yeah, they're yeah. literally trying to classify it as a natural cloud formation, though. All these weird new cloud formations. When I went to school, there was like four or five or six. Yeah, there was only like yeah, there was just a few, and now there's like a bunch. And or or they try to tell you, oh, it's the jet stream. My ass, like, come on, guys. Like, I got a jet stream for you right here. Yeah. <laughs> They're spraying me with stuff. I'm not a bug. So you have to imagine you see this stuff in the sky, and you know your mind starts going right. Yeah. <laughs> it could, What's you know, behind there. Yeah, and and it makes you think because if there's this underground city and they have some of this stuff going on there that's beyond our technology, like we'll get into, this stuff kind of makes sense that maybe there would be some kind of effect on the outside of the mountain. Just me speculating there. Um, There's a whole bunch of people that live there, like just live around the mountain. Like, like yeah. not just like feral, but like just like home. Like, I mean, not really homeless, but like nomadic type people. I've talked to hippies. a few of them actually. Yeah. Yeah, hippies. There's a lot of hippies that live there. And the culture around there is really centered around spirituality. They love crystals. A lot of crystal shops around the area. Um, a lot of weed. Um, Actually, one of the close towns near there is called Weed. Been there, been through there a few times. <laughs> but they love their crystals, dude. And there's a lot of crystals in that mountain. Um, hey. But yeah, they do. They they live there and they hike there and backpack and live a simple life. It's cool. 
I would be down. Like I could, I, I know I could do it. Like it's tough, but you probably could. Um, I think I, it might be easier in some aspects than having to keep up with a hundred something animals yourself. It's it's yeah. animal season, bro. Like I've got baby goats, I've got baby pigs, I've got yeah. baby chickens. I've, I'm my oh my god, baby um, humans. <laughs> And I got a baby human. Yeah, it's nonstop <laughs> right now. So, oh yeah, dude, this is. I have some more facts here, just that I yeah. recorded separately, that I thought were interesting. In in 1959, they had a storm that was the deepest single storm recorded snowfall in history. In one okay. storm, Mount Shasta received 15 and a half feet of snow. Uh, yeah could you imagine one storm and 15 feet of snow um there have been uh, as of a few years ago there were 50 deaths since 1916 that number is probably higher by now um and i just thought this was funny is that the u.s coast guard and geodetic survey determined in 1928 it is mathematically impossible to see the ocean from the summit So take that for what you will. What? That's a whole other conversation. Yeah, right? that's, a, that's, a, that's a can of worms right there. Like, Sue me. Yeah. Leave your comments. It no, I mean, I, it's, it's one I don't even like getting into. I know. It's like, it's like there's. It's a weird they've one. Got, they've, got, they've got some good facts, but at the same it's... time, they've got some stuff that is just mental gymnastics from the word go and it, i just it's got to be nice because i like to accept everybody it's and, a it's a challenging conversation it is. but it's fun and i i respect it um so. it's the highest peak in the cascade range besides mount rainier in washington state which is also a volcano kind of standalone peak uh ultra prominence peak 9822 feet the 96th most prominent in the world 11th most prominent in the u.s 7000 foot ascent for climbers and the summit's at over 14,000 feet and it's considered high altitude if you wanted you could scale it in about three days all right the glaciers on mount shasta are actually growing You know, we have the glaciers in Yellowstone are melting considerably. Meanwhile, the glaciers on uh, this mountain are just having a fine time growing year by year. I thought that was very interesting. Maybe that's why uh, global warming turned into climate change. (laughs) I read a lot of fake news articles about this. They're like, the ocean's warming up, but that's not affecting this mountain. It's like, okay, 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 settle down. Let's not get too conspiratorial here. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a four-coned volcano. All right, and that, that's pretty much that. Okay, I have an interesting, interesting story. So, have you've heard of missing four one one or missing four eleven? I don't know how to how they pronounce it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if this. I don't think this story came from that book, but it's kind of along those lines of one of these missing persons cases on the Mount Shasta mountain area uh, that I want to share. It's phenomenal. It's a great story. Uh, So I'll just kind of follow the notes that I took here on the summary of what happened. So this happened in September of 2011 in Mount Shasta. 
Fowler's Campground. Um, a family with their three and a half year old boy, um, who we do not know the name of because he's three and a half and they want privacy. Well, obviously it's a child and the family wants privacy. So we're going to call him John Doe. So this family takes John Doe, their three and a half year old boy camping to Fowler's Fowler's campground on, in September, 2011. Um, they were just camping normal. Everything's cool. The boy suddenly vanished. Uh, the father was quoted as saying the boy was there and, and the next second he was gone. They didn't have an explanation. It was just like that. Um, they notified authorities as quickly as they could. And with an hour, around 100 rescue personnel from different agencies came together to search as the sun fell on the horizon. Um, eventually, a sheriff with a canine found the boy not far from the campground in a bush crying for help. And some say that the spot that they found him in was like one of those things where they had walked by before and not noticed. And then finally they found him nearby. And so it was kind of weird. Um, and that's a commonality in these missing persons cases. A lot of times that they'll, these bodies or these people dead or alive will show up within the original search zone that they had initiated. Um, so the deputy scooped him up and brought him back to the camp, reuniting him with his family. And that is, you know, a good, a good story. I mean, perfect. Uh, nobody died. Everything's cool. But uh, they kind of kept it that way for a while. But um, eventually, um, at the time, so at the time, they're just happy to have their son back. Nobody thought twice to really interrogate the kid or you know, dig deeper. They were just like, thank God. Oh my gosh. Okay. Let's get back to life as normal. How traumatic. Right. Well, um, eventually his grandmother would end up kind of pressing him a little bit on it and asking him, um, what happened. And they would talk a little bit. And apparently the boy had told his parents, this is this story as well. They never really wanted to dig into it. They just wanted to forget about it, kind of bury it, not be, they didn't want to be judged. So, they never really released it, but the grandmother was really concerned. So uh, the boy's grandmother was named Cappy, and he told her that um, he didn't like the other Cappy. He tells her, I don't like the other Cappy, and she's like, I, what? She's like, that's so weird. I don't understand what you're saying. So he, she asks him, what do you mean, the other Cappy? What's going on? And he said that um, the other grandma Cappy took him to a creepy place when they were camping and that she was a robot. He said he was taken to a cave, and in the cave there were old guns, purses, and bags, and, like, camping bags and stuff, and covered in cobwebs and just old camping gear, uh, spiders and dirt, and um, um, he said that the other Cappy, his other grandma who brought him to this cave he said that he knew she wasn't real because she would glisten. She would sparkle and that she was a robot. That's what he attributed to her as being a robot for is because she kind of sparkled and grandma Cappy asked him if he knew what a robot was. And he said, it's a metal thing with a remote control. So he knew what a robot was. Um, John Doe went on to say that there were other robots in the cave that looked like people, but did not move and seemed frozen in position and they had distorted faces. So they just were like standing there, 
not moving and just like frozen. So that reminded me like of a Medusa type situation, maybe or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, creepy. And then uh, he also said that the other grandma seemed nice until she started examining his body, looked at his stomach, and tried to get him to defecate on what he called sticky paper. Um, but he couldn't do it, and he didn't like that experience. What the hell could that possibly be? I have no freaking idea. Um, yeah. Some things later in the story kind of allude to what maybe it could have been, but um, that's a weird part of it. Sticky paper. Um, he then describes being taken to a bush by this robot grandma, the other Cappy, and told to hide in the bush by her, and that's where he was later found. Um his parents confirmed this is the same story they were told by him but they didn't know what to make of it and they didn't want the grandma to really push it any further if they wanted to move on and just move on um but his grandma was disturbed because weeks before that she was camping in that area when she had an incident where she woke up face down in the dirt with a puncture wound in the center in the back of her neck um, and she was physically and emotionally distraught and felt that there may be a connection between the two incidents, which would be kind of like they're harvesting our DNA, right? Yeah. Uh, they wanted his fecal matter and they wanted her, I don't know, spinal fluid or blood or put a chip in her neck. I don't know. Uh, yeah. So there's different yeah, theories, wow. people. Yeah, there's different theories people have. DNA retrieval. Maybe she just got stung by a bee and had an allergic reaction. I don't like that one. That one's not fun. But, you know, who knows what these things are? Like, what is that sticky paper? What, you know, it's so bizarre. Um, but to her, it's too detailed to just be imagination. The imagination of her three-year-old, three-and-a-half-year-old grandson. She's like, this is unreal. This has to be something more. Um, you know, where is the cave? What is sticky paper? what are these robots, the sparkle, um, how did they make him disappear instantly and then reappear so close to camp? It's like, without being seen. Uh, is it real? We don't know if this is real. So just put that out there. Um, it's, some people are like, that's too strange to be real or fabric. It's too strange to, for him to fabricate it too. I don't know. We'll never know. Right. But, uh, right. that's my favorite. When, when people are like, Oh, that's just, that's just too much. I'm like, why are you, why are you canceling it out? Like, yeah, you don't know. <laughs> yeah, you don't know. You weren't there. Don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so everybody's creeped out now. That's good. Perfect. I can't wait till October. We got to do sp spooky stories. Yeah, spooky stories are always fun. Yeah, Shasta is awesome, Smeeze. Thanks for joining us. Uh, and a quick shout out to Dave Beck, who donated a lemon... Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. We appreciate it. Yeah, that story, man, is absolutely insane. I, camping terrifies me because I've been just reading all these missing 411 stories and Bigfoot stories. Um, apparently they have Bigfoot up there in Mount Shasta, and one thing that occurs often there is the people that work on the mountain to upkeep it and stuff... Um, constantly take down these basically teepee shaped constructions with wood have you seen these where bigfoots yeah. will put trees in weird configurations where it would take men machinery to do 
all these logs just set up in a teepee shape appear all over and people are like is this some kind of witchcraft is this bigfoot doing this what is this but they appear they show up everywhere as quickly as they could be taken down for safety reasons and people attribute this to bigfoot because this is a common thing where there are bigfoot sightings impossible tree configurations that aren't natural and it's too big for your common man to move and there's no roads for machinery to get back there the uh the guy that i was on the show with tonight on that reality ours, he's up there in in the shasta kind of your like west coast area you know what i'm saying like okay norcal or southern oregon or something yeah he's in he's in like that that kind of area and he was actually talking about they're working on a, a bigfoot documentary they're, they're planning on going out to shasta to look for bigfoot too so. oh i love that oh i would love to do that if i had a group of people to do that with and just really was meticulous with my planning i would do it and then if i had a video camera i'd feel better too but right. experienced people just vanish Gone. yeah like there's portals which they say that or underground tunnels yeah Definitely, without a doubt. Lava caves, lava tubes, underground tunnels that lead to the freaking city. Um, wow. So, okay, where do we go from here? Um, I definitely have Reality Czars noted here. I want to check that out. Oh, I talked a little bit about the... Um, they say also giants in this area because, you know, these L- L- the Lemurians are 10 foot tall. Oh, I didn't yeah. I didn't pull it, but there was also. Um... So I, I shared this a second ago about the. Um... What do they call them? The. These. Drawings on rocks. <laughs> Like the cave paintings or like hieroglyphs or whatever? Yeah, do you see them? So these are the kinds of things that they have there. People speculate as to what they are, but it just shows that people were there long before history really admits. Um, Unexplained wonderies. The mysteries of the state tend to point toward one common predecessor. Giants! Giants. Look at this in the dirt. Massive. Yeah, like what laid there, bro? Like, <laughs> They're like crap, they found our sunbathing spot. Right? Um Mystery Stone Walls. This is the Berkeley area. Mount Shasta Legends. There are so much there's so much lore relating to Mount Shasta, it's hard to sort through it including a legend of some inner world within with little people and ancient giants, as well as an opening to hollow earth and other dimensions. The interesting thing is that Mount Shasta has been part of many eruptions through time and many tribes reported displacement in the past by the eruptions. In fact, the Powhatess in Nevada said that the red haired giants that plagued them seem to have come from that region, perhaps escaping calamity. Today, Bigfoot is seen greatly in the area. Interestingly, these petroglyphs above were on a point in Mount Shasta that used to be an island. 
This is common from the ancient giants, such as in Lake Lahontan area in Nevada, where Lovelock Cave was once an island above the water. The entire Death Valley area was filled with water, and it made and made it also a hospitable area for those water-loving giants. So here are some what they believe to be carvings from giants up on one of these mountains. Fascinating. I'd like to see it like compared to like size, you know, because you know, picture never does it does it justice. You know what no, I'm saying? No, it doesn't. Like, I wonder how big that that carving is if it was yeah. done by giants. Like, is it bigger than me? Which isn't saying much, mm-hmm. but is it bigger than <laughs> is it bigger than me? We need or, a like... banana for scale or something. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Any, any, um, any, you know, we're American. Anything but an actual, you know, oh, size. Shit. Sorry, guys. I wasn't sharing properly, so they could just see like they couldn't see this. I'm sharing it again. Oh no! Any any anything but an actual you know, an actual size like metric system. Be damned! Let's uh. <laughs> I let, could use both. To... Good, good. Let's compare it to you know how many <laughs> how many whales does the size of something and you know, <laughs> well, size yeah. of a football field. How many how many meters is that? I yeah. don't know. How how many whales? What species? Four. Four killer whales. Uh, how do I go back? Uh, yeah, here's some other ones. I don't think this is on Mount Shasta, but California. Nonetheless. Those look kind of like caribou, maybe. Mm, totally. Various animals, maybe a UFO or a chocolate chip cookie, ancient chocolate chip cookie. Who knows what they were doing back then. Um... All right, I, I um, I'm having a brain fart, but I think I knew this would happen if I committed this to memory and didn't write it down. Uh-oh. Um, bum bum bum. Uh, hey, Jay is doing well. Thanks for asking. Hopefully, we can get him on here soon on or the Daily Dose or something. He was actually uh, three or four weeks ago. He was on the Friday show with Joshua Reed on the Fringe, a Fringe episode. That was really great. If you want to check it out. Um. He's always welcome to come hit me up and come hang out on my show as well, too, if he ever wants to. He's a good hang. He's a good hang. He's so darn busy. He's a busy, busy bee, but uh, he'd definitely be open to it. Um, And he might start up a new podcast here pretty soon, and you guys stay tuned, and we'll let you guys know when that happens. It's kind of in the just spitballing phase, but that's kind of the, the word around the streets. Word so, on the street. He's doing good. Um, there's so much, so much. There's another story I had. Did I put it in my notes at all? Or did, did I? Uh, I didn't ever write it down or save it. Um, all right, let's see here. Damn. Oh, shit. I don't remember. That's okay. Whatever. We'll have. We'll just cover the rest of this stuff. Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> I wish I had it. I tried to commit it to memory, and I totally forgot. This is why I need to write everything down. Um, I feel completely attacked by that. Why? Like, because I'm the same way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's so much stuff, dude. And you're like me. You re- you're always reading or watching or read or something so there's so much information we're not all like josh where it's just like photographic memory almost 
there's so many tabs open that if I <laughs> if I close if I close one, there's no telling what's gonna happen. Or what I might lose. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I make it a point every day to close everything and restart my computer just because. Oh no, no, no yeah, the computer. I'm talking about my brain. What are you talking about? Oh, <laughs> I shut those down too. <laughs> um, studying things in my sleep now. I mean, don't learn how to do that. It just never goes away. <laughs> All right. Yeah, tomorrow's Father's Day, everybody. So happy Father's Day. Remember, call your fathers. And uh, yeah, happy Father's Day. Oh, happy well, Father's thank Day, Jim Bob. All right. I guess we got farm work to do because that never ends. Oh my gosh. So, Red-Eyed Jedi said that strange gravity anomalies were reported in Delaware this morning. I don't know what that means, but that's really interesting. There was also an earthquake in Georgia this morning. What? Is that... That's not normal, is it? I mean, we we do live on a major fault line, and there's totally earthquakes all the time. Okay. They're so, they're so underground that we don't really feel them. And, like, multiple of us heard rumbling, but we attested it to a train until they told us later today that it was totally an earthquake. Oh my gosh, dude. They're destroying so, the dumbs underneath your feet. It's it's plausible. That's more plausible than any official story. Could be. Could be. Okay. <laughs> Let's go on here. We have some more details about all this interesting stuff, y'all. Um, of course, there are many ufo sightings proof aliens live on earth claims the ufo export expert this video is not that great it just shows a little white dot in the sky yeah 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 classic ufo we've all seen them we all see them good 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 interesting uh this one here um Uh, these images have since been analyzed by self-titled UFO expert Scott C. Waring, who believes they are genuine pictures of an alien spaceship. They could be. Mr. Waring runs the website ET Database, where he anal analyzes and compiles UFO sighting reports, video clips, and photos. In regards to the Mount Shasta UFO, Mr. Waring said the U.S. volcano has a very long history associated with alien encounters. He said, quote, Mount Shasta is the as in the Wikipedia says it is often said to hide a secret beneath its peaks. In some stories, the city is no longer inhabited, inhabited, while in others is it is inhabited by a technologically advanced society of human beings, or mythical creatures, and or both. There are like a hundred books written on this, you guys. So yeah, if you okay. like this stuff dig into those books. Some of them contradict each other naturally because, let's face it, people bullshit all the time. But there are a lot of great books and information out there on this stuff uh, to be explored. So, uh, it is correct. Even 40 years ago, yeah, I'm old. I was told as a kid the stories of beings that lived below Mount Shasta, one of which is supposed to be the legendary Saint Germain, who is famous for starting a new cultural age of Aquarius also called Master Rakazi. Many people claim to have seen and spoken with him on the mountain. I call it an advanced alien race that is spiritual in nature and mostly keeps to themselves below Mount Shasta. These photos are proof that aliens still live within this mountain. To touch back on what you were saying, you know, about all the different books, like, I, yeah. what, you know, aside from books that I always recommend that I love, I always encourage books that you 
don't agree with. Like if you find something that you think is completely out of your territory, please read it because that's where you're going to learn something brand new, like that you didn't even know before because it's going to have a different perspective on things. Yeah. That's good advice right there. I try. Like, you know, I, I like keeping everybody's brains going. You know what I mean? You, you, you let that thing get to mush watching all them videos and stuff like that. You, you might, you know, you might not be too keen to things and reading's important. Yeah. Even if it's fiction. Yeah. But I don't like fiction. I like the real stuff. I read the real boring stuff that it's just, that's just me though. I'll, no, I like I like but, biographies and stuff. I like stories about people like mm-hmm. that really existed and stuff. Yeah, Those are I, awesome. the only science fiction I like is mystery mystery stuff where it's like this might be true or this could be true type thing. But I don't yeah. like straight up fantasy fantasy for the most part. But I'll dabble. Not a comic book fan. No, oh, unfortunately. I, I'm a comic book fan. I told you I'm not cool enough for that stuff. Um, I was never... doing it before it was cool. <laughs> I was doing it on for it. I, you were doing it when people were still bullied for it. Yeah, like they they were like, "Oh, you read comics? What a dork!" Yeah, nerd. Uh, and then now I'll, it's I'll look at me. Yeah, now if you don't, you're a nerd. Weird how the times change. The, the nerds, the nerds <laughs> took over. I think the nerds took over. I think you're right, dude. Wow, wow, we could do a show on that. Uh, it might get political, but we still could. Uh, <laughs> gotta look out for that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't care. Oh, yeah, it's a thing, apparently. So, anyway, let's go onward here. This guy wrote a really great article, and this is the guy who um, claims to have witnessed this underground city situation, I believe. Okay. What is Lemurian, and why do people believe they live in Mount Shasta? Um, I have this other link, too. Oh, I already showed you that. So this is the last one. What is it? By Zach O'Brien. He says, We like to hypothesize about the paranormal activity surrounding Mount Shasta, from Bigfoot sightings to alien activity. There is no doubt that the mysteries surrounding the beautiful Shasta are intriguing true. The most popular of these theories surrounding Shasta are regarding Lemurians living in the mountain. I've heard of these stories most of my life, but mostly thrown them to the side as hogwash. But as I grew older, my curiosity lies within the spirit of the theory. Why do many people believe this far-fetched tale? I decided to dive deep into a full investigation. Are Lemurians living in Mount Shasta? So, he starts off here with the history of Lemuria. So first and foremost, what exactly is a Lemurian? In 1864, zoologist Philip Sclater published an article about a classification of species called lemurs, in which he was puzzled by the presence of their fossils in both Madagascar and India, but not in Africa or the Middle East. He hypothesized that Madagascar and India had once been a part of a larger continent, which the first theory which was the first theory leading to the discovery of the ancient supercontinent theory called Pangea. Pangea is the theory that the tectonic plates move. What? There's that place again. I've brought that up a few times this week. Pangea? Yeah. Yeah, what's up? 
like just like uh, it's just funny that's just one of those things that i've come back around to a few <laughs> times this week in conversation like like you know just being talking about it being a thing that was there before and i totally buy into that for sure dude well this is science that i learned in elementary school yeah this yeah. is accepted reality that our continents shift together and break apart and shift together and break apart I don't know if it's true, but that's what we learned in science, okay? Some, yeah. So, yeah, dude. Wow. What a, what a, you know, that's funny that that keeps happening. Um, following the scientific discovery, the concept of Lemuria began to appear in the works of other scholars. Ernst Haeckel looked for the missing link in this area, proposing that the fossils of the first humans sunk under the sea, but some proposed uh, the lost... And went, they got lost and went somewhere else. Okay. Fast forward to 1899, when Frederick Spencer Oliver published A Dweller on Two Planets, a book which claimed that survivors from a sunken continent called Lemuria were living in Mount Shasta. In the book, Lemurians lived in a series of complex tunnels beneath the mountain. Locals would sometimes see the creatures wandering outside the mountains in white robes. There's also evidence for Pangaea that supports this. That is... Um, Basically that there are animals from these locations that they say are tied to the Mount Shasta tunnel system or something or the or the portals or whatever that, you know, why is this animal species here and in this location, but nowhere else in the world? How did that happen? And so they attribute it to this theory as well as support to the larger um, theory. Uh, in okay, moving to 1931, Harvey Spencer Lewis, using the pseudonym Wizar, Wizard Spennel Curve, wrote a book about the hidden Lumerians, Lemurians on Mount Shasta. This book is widely regarded as the reason for the popularity for the legends of Lemurians in Mount Shasta. Witness accounts. Uh, next section, witness accounts. There have been many accounts of run-ins with Lemurians or other mysterious beings on the Mount Shasta none of which have been substantiated. The two early witness accounts created a large movement in the belief of Lemuria. In 1904, British prospector J.C. Brown claimed to have found the underground city 11 miles deep, as we talked about earlier, when he and a team went to go find it. Brown never showed up. In the early 1930s, Guy Ballard reported meeting St. Germain there, which is interesting. Maybe he was a Lemurian. Okay, which we talked about. Very, very interesting. Right? Yeah. Like, it makes sense why he would have lived so damn long or that he's immortal if he's this alien being that has this awesome technology and the elixir of life. If you guys watched right. the last week's show, you know all about it. If not, go check it out. What are you doing? That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, all right. Um, we'll talk about modern-day Lemuria, Lemuria beliefs right in a second here. But first, uh, we have a couple comments um time said nerd and we've got a couple donations <laughs> patriotic pisces two ice cream thank you so much black jester a couple lemons thank you and uh patriotic pisces says she loves how i dramatize the story thank you that means a lot <laughs> that's hilarious yeah all right um and jim bob if you could uh get a little closer to your mic or something that'd be fantastic i'm sorry sometimes i just talk kind of low i apologize all right. Thank you guys for the feedback. Let's jump right into it again. Modern day Lemuria beliefs. 
there are still many people that hang around Mount Shasta with beliefs of Lemuria. Like us, we should do a damn trip there. Come on, Red Pill Project West Coast, Red Pill Project PNW. Uh, right. Email Josh. <laughs> According to the Lemurian connection, the history of Lumeria goes back to 4,500,000 BC when the civilization ruled the Earth. The continent of Lemuria was located in the Pacific Ocean and extended from western U.S. to Can- and Canada to lands in the Indian Ocean and Madagascar. Hmm. Atlantis much? Or what? Something? Holy smokes. 4,500,000 B.C. That's insane. I mean, you, look, when you get... Like, when you get... When you get into like Egyptian mythology and history and stuff like that, mm-hmm. like they they talk about being the descendants of the Atlanteans who were like Lumerians and shit. So like there there are people that still like live by this kind of code or like belief st- style and such. Like it's not no people take this seriously. Yeah, so like it, it's 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 not something that I think you should just think is. Oh, this is just a far-fetched make-believe story. Like, no, there's people that this is this is their history. If you ask them about it, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's no joke, dude. Yeah, you might offend somebody if you poo-poo on it. Right. You got, Especially you nowadays. And look, let's face it. Do we know? No. Nope. <laughs> Best you could say is I think that's unlikely based on all the information I have, which that's fine. That's fair. But don't be a jerk. <laughs> I mean, I tell people all the time, I don't know squat. Please double check everything that I'm out here talking about. Like, I'm I'm just a vessel for information that I find is really neat. Yeah, and if you guys like this stuff, somebody makes a good point there on D Live. There's a lot of people making a lot of content about this, and yeah. probably they make probably video after video. So, and I know I watched some of it. So definitely, you know, go down check it out and let us know what you find. Um, you actually, if you're not a part of our social network, you could become a part of it socialredpill.com for free um, and also Jim Bob's social network on unconstitutionalawakening.com share the stuff with us we'd love yeah, to see it Yeah, we have a forum over there that you can come over there if you got something you want to talk about or a subject or whatever just log in there and post it on the forum and one of us will get back to you there's plenty of us on there bouncing around totally alright uh, this is such a good uh, article I I was so happy when I found this. I was like, this guy yes, did a really fantastic job. Um, wow. So where was I? Um, says 25,000 years ago, Atlantis, Atlantis and Lumeria, Lemuria were the two most highly civilized civilizations on Earth. That's when things went south. Here is an explanation from Lumerian, LemurianConnection.com. Excuse me. Dissension between the two, Atlantis and Lemuria, arose regarding the development and evolution of other civilizations. The Lemurians believed that the other less evolved cultures should be left alone to continue their own evolution at their own pace, according to their own understandings and pathway, whereas the Atlanteans believed that less evolved cultures should be controlled by the two more evolved civilizations. Their argument over ideologies resulted in several thermonuclear wars, which weakened both continental plates. 
When the wars were over and the dust had settled, there were no winners, only death, destruction, and further debasing for, of the human spirit to the point that both sides realized the futility was of such behavior. This makes sense, dude. You know, recently they have actually found, like, you know, um, like mainstream media public information that there is a sunken landmass out there in, like, the Indian Ocean type area between Whoa. like Asia, India, and Australia and such. So Holy mackerel. And look at all the underwater archaeology too. <laughs> right? There's like whole like like Atlantis type you know, like that Tartarian type built technology buildings yeah. off the coast of like China and stuff like that out in the ocean. China so like the, Japan. Every yeah. continental shelf. So there's something to it for, for totally. sure. Like and there's also evidence of um, thermonuclear war through the glass and st stuff. And hieroglyphs. We were talking about that in uh, the most recent episode of UA that's up for today or whatever. Really? Um, a little bit. And when we did our special about nuclear history, there is, like, in hieroglyphs all over the world, not just in Egypt, not just in south america and stuff but all these hotbeds where there's like hieroglyphs there's there's like pictures of like a bomb and an explosion and so this this goes back to we were advanced at one point in time and maybe we blew ourselves back to the stone age and maybe we'll blow ourselves back to the stone age again if we're not careful like mm. to me this theory sounds like maybe we weren't advanced and that there were two advanced alien civilizations that had their metropolises, Atlantis and Lemuria. And this matches with the oh. modern theories oh. of aliens, how we aren't, um, we haven't expanded past Earth, uh, so they can't fuck with us. I got a video to share with you that oh. um, you can, like, share with this episode or whatever. Like, I'm going to look for it while you're Shoot it over, talking yeah. about that, because I love, I love what you're saying here, and this is a good... It's kind of a lengthy video like that I'll that everybody okay. can go and watch later, but it t definitely talks about kind of what you're talking about, and in mm. a sense explains where the Lemurians and stuff kind of and the Martians and stuff like that come from. It's 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 pretty mind blowing, but puts things into perspective, and it's something that I seen ten years ago, and like it's it, it's definitely something I really, I, man, I bet even. You know, Josh, when you check in on this episode and stuff, I want you to check this out too. Like, this is this is some like really interesting information, I guess. Like, uh, not really hidden history, but like hidden theorized history that really puts a bunch of puzzle pieces together. Like all of oh. this stuff from Shasta to the stuff oh. we're talking about. Oh, okay. So it's kind of like the bigger picture of all this stuff. A big picture thing like i said it's a little bit it. and it's not like a super long video it's only like a like a half hour long video but okay. man does it put some things into perspective and i'll make sure it gets i'll even make sure it gets on the red pill uh you know network since i'm over there i'll Please make sure that everybody do. gets to get that one because i think it's something everybody it's a video that was very i don't know it, it touches the right buttons and it gives you kind of a right viewpoint in things from my perspective and it's something i always love to recommend to people that are on this venture for truth all right, dude. We appreciate it. Let me know. I want, I'm curious now. You've piqued my interest. Definitely. Definitely always want to support other content creators out there doing the good work. 
or you know. Oh yes, oh, I'm always work. about giving credit to other folks, man. They do, they do, they do a good, a uh, good job. Like seriously, there's a lot of talent out there, and very there every yeah. There's a lot of a lot of a lot of good stuff out there. I'm sure we're all aware. Um, all right, let's see. Let's jump back into it. I wonder if I can zoom in a little bit for you guys, in case you want to follow along here on the video. Um, so the Lumerians decided to build a separate society inside Mount Shasta where they would be safe from any disruptions on the surface of Earth. The city of Telos was built inside Mount Shasta and was designed to house 200,000 Lumerians. Today, it is believed that Telos houses 1.5 million Lumerians inside Mount Shasta. Do you think that it could house that many people? I do. Why not? If it goes deep underground. True. Like, we just, we're just seeing... We just see what little bit of an outside that we see. How yeah. deep does it go? Yeah, I guess that's a, that's a thing. And also, I think people uh, don't realize that we take up less space than you might imagine. Look at New York or something, and I've heard theories that like every single person on the planet could fit inside a really tiny square footage, <laughs> in theory. Yeah. So, that's interesting. Modern-day beliefs say that Lumeria, Lemuria can be felt and contacted through spiritual practices. The Lemurians were a highly evolved spiritual race so they could be contacted through spiritual messages from believers crystals it is also believed that Lemurians use crystals to communicate as communication tools modern day believers say that the Lemurians programmed these crystals to teach their messages of oneness and healing crystals are revered by modern day Lemurian believers here is an artwork of a Lemurian that is a popular artwork the physical, the physical appearance of Lemurians, Lemurians has been debated for years. Some believe they look like highly evolved humans, uh, like the description of St. Germain, while others believe that they have more animalistic qualities, although it is universally believed that they are much taller beings than us surface dwellers. Hey, that's derogatory. Surface dwellers. Surface dwellers. <laughs> Today, many that's people flock... Cool to Mount Shasta in search of Lemurians and the spiritual enlightenment of Mount Shasta. What'd you say? So that's, that's not very nice. Just calling people surface dwellers. I know it's derogatory and offensive and triggering. <laughs> How dare they? All right. Final thoughts. I have to admit, I'm a sucker for this kind of thing. Stories of advanced ancient societies living inside our beloved mountain is a cool idea to think about. Being a sci-fi enthusiast, I would certainly watch a movie with that plot. Uh, it's hard to argue that Mount Shasta has an unexplainable aura to it. I have been around the, the Mount Shasta my entire life, and I still get a fuzzy feeling driving up the mountain. Its energy is palpable, making it no mystery that people believe there is something happening deeper below the surface. As I read the story, it seems that this theory of Lemuria inside Mount Shasta started with a science fiction book in the late 1800s. From there, people ran with stories of sightings and encounters, none of which were substantiated. Um, did J.C. Brown disappear from the search party because he feared his lie would be found? Probably. Okay, maybe. Well, it's interesting. While it's interesting to hear the story of the Lemur classification, leading scientists to the eventual Pangea theory, it's a widely accepted now. It's widely accepted now. I think some science fiction writers used it to sell books, leading to this craze of Lemurian beliefs 
in the end, it's easy to admit there is something different about Mount Shasta, but without any sort of evidence, relying on only accounts from suspect witnesses, kooky cults, and science fiction writers, I think the land of Lumeria is one that lives in our minds and not in the tunnels of Mount Shasta. How dare you? This... How dare you? Just kidding. Yeah. I mean, it, he, it may not exist, but it could. And I don't know. Yeah, All right. Um, what did I want to say about this that they didn't mention here? The crystal thing. Um, spirituality, crystals, ancient civilizations. There was another account where they say that uh, this dude went in there, and in the center of their city, they have a giant white pyramid. White pyramids are common on the surface of Earth, too. I did a little bit of digging yeah. worldwide. And it makes you think, maybe that's how they power this underground city um, and utilize the natural functions of the Earth and the universe. Yeah. Um, along with crystals and these things, right? Right. Shit. No, that's, that's, that's good. <clears throat> that's a good thought, really. I know, I was like, oh, digging into this, I was like, this is so cool. So, I mean, that's pretty much all we all we have on it. But, dude, what a fun topic. I love it. I love it. Um, I wish I remembered that other story. It was, I think it might have been spooky like the other camp story. I just, it totally escapes me. It'll probably come to me, and maybe we'll jump on an after chat later tonight again uh, after I have dinner. Man, I've had, I've, you know, I've, I've talked to... You know, Brad Olson was telling some good, you know, Shasta stories when oh, he was dude. over. I had, Tell me I had a, it. I had a nomadic lady on my show that actually like hippied it for a little while up there on yeah. Mount Shasta and stuff like that. Like, yeah. these, they had some fantastic stories and like some weird alien type, you know, things that they claimed happen and stuff like that. So, like, I mean, I think it's, I think it's really neat, and I think there's something about it. Oh my I gosh. I just remembered that story. You guys want to hear this creepy story? Yeah, and it's it. it's not anything Lemurian. It's just, like, not supernatural. It's just a creepy story of a camper in this area of Mount Shasta. These two girls, um, probably in their early 20s, went camping. And they went backpacking. So backpacking is when you hike a trail and you camp on the side of the trail and you, you know, hike to the summit or hike to some mountaintop and then you camp out and then you hike back. They ended up hiking for 12 hours one day and they set up camp right outside, right on the side of the trail, close to the trail because they were hiking for 12 hours. They were really tired. They just didn't want to find a clearing further away from the trail. So they were just saying, like, fuck it, we'll just camp here. They set up camp. Their tents were close enough to each other so they could conversate. Um, but they had separate tents. So uh, the two girls set up camp. They go to bed. In the middle of the night, they both wake up because they hear footprint, foot, footsteps approaching, approaching their tents. And they see light on the outside of their tents. And they're like, what the heck? One girl thought it was the other girl uh, going pee or whatever, walking around and just sat there in silence. And they both listened. And they hear the steps come up around and then eventually directly in front of one of their tents. And this girl is terrified. She's just, she has like the, some extra stakes from her tent in her hand. She's like, I would stab the shit out of whoever this is. Sounds bipedal, probably human, this kind of thing. So the steps, Kevin, come on. Sorry, everybody. Uh, Kevin, we're doing a late show. Kevin woke up from his nap, but 
Let's get to the I story just, and wrap it up. I just what? remembered that video that I want you to go watch, and it's an hour. It is an hour long. It's fifty nine minutes. In the chat. Yep, it's called. It's by a group called Spirit Verse. It's called the Hidden Human History Movie, and it's a little cartoon. But like, man, I really think that everybody watching this and stuff like that, like, should really, really check into this little cartoon and set aside an hour. You can even listen to it. I've I've, I've recommended it to people before just to listen to it. It gets the blood flowing and gets the brain wondering about, like, Thank you know, you. just life. And it's, it's worth a listen. All right. It's, we'll, it's we'll, make sure, stuff. we'll make sure we share that. You know, Jim, Bob, or I will share that on the app. Definitely. Cool. Yeah, dude. I just – I remembered it. I found it and was just like, I got to send it to Vince now. Like, I, I got to. <laughs> well, let me put it in my permanent notes so I don't lose it when we end the meeting. There we yeah. go. Oh, I love them, dudes. I like their channel. They're so cool. All right. <laughs> they are. They have good stuff. Um, okay. Yeah, dude, they're they're so good. They're 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 that, that's somebody I've been following for a long time. Me too. I think around. since probably like before 2012. Over 10 oh, years. Yeah. Yeah, dude. They've been around for a long yeah. time. Yeah. That that video I think in itself is like I've probably 10 plus years old. I've probably yeah. seen it. But I'm down to watch it again, dude. It's just, yeah, it's, it's just one I definitely recommend. Like, it's just, I don't, I don't know. It's yeah, it's a good introduction to a lot of uh, these ideas and stuff, too. And it puts a lot of things in perspective, you know what I mean? Yeah, they're well-produced for back then. Oh, amazing. Absolutely amazing. Nostalgic. Yeah, um, <laughs> okay, so the girls are sleeping, right? And then they hear these footsteps around. They approach one of their tents, stop in front of the door. And she sits there for a few minutes. And it's just like, this is killing me. I just, I'm just going to open my tent and look, like face my fears, whatever. Like, this is getting ridiculous. So she slowly unzips the door for the tent. And she's scared shitless when there's this man just standing there looking at her. And she's like, excuse me, what the fuck? Um, can I help you? What are you doing here? And this is like the middle of the night. This is like 4 a.m. or 5 a.m. or something. And he's just staring at her. And he's like, oh, I was looking for my friends. I was looking for my friends. And she's like, well, your friends aren't here. It's just me and my friend. We're trying to get some sleep. Like, buzz off. Trying to be a little bit aggressive and get him to get out of there. And um, he was just acting weird and um, turned around and walked off. And she closed her tent and listened to his footsteps go away into the forest and went back to bed. And in the morning, she woke up and she started talking to her friend. And she's like, oh, my gosh, what the hell happened last night? That was so scary. Did you hear that? And her friend's like, yeah, I heard that. I thought it was you. And then I heard you talking and oh my gosh, that's so scary. I'm glad we're okay. I'm glad we're safe. This is crazy. And they start doing things around their camp, cleaning up, getting ready to continue their backpacking journey when they find the man sleeping behind their tents. And they actually took a picture of him laid out, not in his tent. He had all his backpacking gear and everything just laying there. And they approached him and they're like, hey, get up. What are you doing here? And he's like... They're like, did you ever find your friends? Like, don't you need to go find your friends? What's going on? He's like, yeah, 
I need to go find my friends and then like left and just totally mind fucked them. And these are the weirdos that are in these freaking mountains, you guys. It reminded me kind of like these feral people or these murderers or I don't know, supernatural things. It's creepy. Ugh. That story, it, it, it got me. It, I'm just like, I do not want to meet anybody in the middle of the night walking around tracking you or like going around your camp and then you have this tiny like little bit of nylon between you and potential attacker oh my gosh I, and then she didn't have a knife she's like the next day we went and made it to a town and I bought a big knife as big as my head ha 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 I'm like how are you going through like a, a total expansive wilderness without a knife are you out of your damn mind and two girls nonetheless you should have a gun you should have a gun on your hip damn it Holy mackerel. Anyway, that's what we have. Do you have any final thoughts on all this, Jim Bob? <clears throat> I think if you get the chance, you should totally go check that place out. Or if, you know, you get a chance to check out any of these, like, spiritual, hidden, weird places and stuff like that, like, go go do it. Like, there's, there's definitely some kind of allure to it and some reality to the stuff you know what i mean like it's it wouldn't be there if there wasn't i don't think so so you know i don't know if you get the opportunity go check it out and i i will also say that i threw up that uh if you're on the social red pill i did throw that video up there for everybody to go see while we were sitting here to make sure that everybody can uh you know give give that a watch i think that's just something that goes along with a lot of what we were talking about i like i like the lemurians and the atlantis because like it it ties into that some uh could they could they have been more real than than make believe these myths started somewhere so you know there's and, and some people don't view them as myths yeah so, so if you're not there go to socialredpill.com to see that video um right. on pilled i put it directly in the chat because uh smeeze was like play it play it i'm sorry we're not gonna play it tonight on this live show we get, we're gonna wrap it up here um but it's on the socialredpill.com and in the chat on pilled if you're on pilled so it's free to join socialredpill.com check it out and also you guys please do us a favor go over to unconstitutionalawakening.com show your support for jim bob oval shorts you can find jim bob oval shorts everywhere you get everything tiktok uh rumble uh unconstitutionalawakening.com is yep. the number one spot though so check it out type type in jim bob oval shorts or unconstitutionalawakening.com or unconstitutionalawakening on anything and you're you're very likely to find me. Yeah, even on Facebook or wherever you are, Jim Bob's there for you. I promise. That's totally. <laughs> and if yeah, not, like, then come to socialredpill.com or unconstitutionalawakening.com. Preferably both, like me. Two of my favorite sites in the world, let's be honest. And uh, check, come say hi to us. Yeah, reach out. <laughs> I'll always answer. Yeah, you guys can contact us through there too. Unconstitutionalawakening.com. We're both over there. So, beautiful. Um, you guys, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Makes You Think. Next week we'll have another. The week after that we'll have another one. Uh, we'll keep you posted on what that will be about and what's going on. Tonight there's no episode of Mars Chronicles. David and Joshua Reed are working on getting them put together with their schedules and everything. It's this week it's just not going to happen. However, tomorrow um, we're taking a little day off. So enjoy your time. Let us know on these social... You can, uh, come, you can come watch an episode of Unconstitutional Awakening. Exactly. Premiering tomorrow evening around 6 p.m. 
yeah, every Sunday a new show comes out on Unconstitutional Awakening. So if you need something for your Sundays that is related to this kind of topic or many other topics as well, it's very expansive and wild stuff. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's Jim Bob. It's very Jim Bob. Check it out, you guys. UnconstitutionalAwakening.com. Uh, we'll also be on the social red pill as always, uh, starting back on Monday. Monday through Thursday, The Daily Dose with Joshua Reed. Monday through Friday, Morning Coffee with me and Andrea. And then back to Friday with Conversations on the Fringe. And Saturday with Makes You Think and Mars Chronicles. We're working on planning right now, but we'll let you know if we have a Mars Chronicles next week. And that's what we do at the Red Hill Pro Project, you guys. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we appreciate the overwhelming support week after week. Uh, make sure you hit those rumbles. Subscribe if you're not. We appreciate the support. We love you very once again. I can't wait till our next adventure. Uh, everybody, have a great night. Night, everybody. <laughs>